welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and this week I am extraordinarily excited to bring you a chat I had with Jason Lytle from the band Granddaddy. I know I've talked about Granddaddy throughout the history of this show, but I'm not sure if I've ever really emphasized the level of impact that Granddaddy had on my artistic journey. Started listening when I was around 19 or 20, and that is when I realized synths were really cool to blend with you know, indie, rock, punk. And who's to say whether I would have found a synth somewhere along the line, but it was because of Granddaddy's music, especially the signature cascading of arpeggios. That is one of my favorite aspects about the sonic palette that is Granddaddy. So don't want to belabor this too much and you know start going all like super fanboy, but they have been a top five band of mine, one of the constants. You know, I get new favorites, new things come and go, but Granddaddy has been a constant and they've been in, you know, the top five from my young adulthood through, you know, figuring out my 20s and my 30s. So, yeah, I'm really excited to present this conversation and it's an awesome conversation at that. I had a great time uh, having a one-on-one with Jason. So we will get into that chat here in a moment. And as you know, we are in the full swing of the holiday season. Christmas is next week from the time of this recording. So if you're listening to this and it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday even before Christmas, then send me your holiday track submission because I like to make, you know, a good hour's worth of synth holiday music. So when you are with your family and you're being, you know, driven nuts by Christmas music, you can say, well, it's my turn now. And then you can weird everybody out and it's really fun. And speaking of holiday music, you know, I like to release a holiday EP every year. This year, I mostly used Kaivo and Alto from Madrona Labs and threw a bunch of MIDI files from tracks that I really liked into it. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun. It's definitely my most digestible uh, <laughs> Christmas record so far. Uh, so the link to that in the show description, it's on Bandcamp. But again, send me your holiday music so we can uh, together build a nice you know, hour of good, wholesome family programming for the holidays. Also, I know I've been teasing this Patreon, you know, giveaway thing where I just post stuff on Patreon randomly and then it's first come first serve. Um, I'm going to be doing that in the new year. Uh, Like I said, I've got a bunch of really cool stuff, a bunch of blank panels, stickers, cassettes, a bunch of patch cables. Depending on the timing of everything, there might even be, I don't know, a module thrown into the mix. So if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Or if you don't like the monthly thing, you can head over to podularmodcast.com and check out the merch store there. I also want to say thank you to all the sponsors for MS, After Later Audio, Patchworks, and Novation. Links to all of their amazing stuff in the show description. So Jason and I not only discussed the new album from Granddaddy, Blue Wave, that's coming out February 16th, um, and there are three singles as of right now, I believe, but we're also gonna just talk about the process of writing music, recording, our favorite aspects of it, and yeah, we go all over the place as we usually do here. Great conversation, link to all things Granddaddy in the bio. And just a heads up, at the end of the episode, I uh, spent the last week and a half working on a project that was really, really fun. So I've got the video for that uh, at the very end. So stick around if you want to check that out. Uh, But other than that, let's get into our chat with Jason. All right, we're going. Jason, uh, this is 
This is uh, really, really cool for me. I have to just want to say thank you so much for uh, for giving me your time today because um, I think I've mentioned in a message to you in the past when we first started chatting about doing this. Um, I don't. I can say pretty confidently that this this show wouldn't exist without Granddaddy because that was my that was my intro to synths. Um, wow! Like. You know, uh, and then I was watching your Amoeba music thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's it!" Just like a lot of things were kind of like locked in. But I grew up in a small town in Roslyn, Washington, um, yeah. where the the show Northern Exposure was filmed. Oh, remember okay. that show, Northern Exposure? Yeah. Um, yeah. My friend just gave me this cup. Um, so, not a lot of access to music. You know, it was pretty much. In my town, we had one radio station, and you could kind of get some of the Yakima, Washington ones in like real fuzzy, but it was it was just country, um, you know. So growing up, I was, you know, I listened to some. I listened to a lot of country. That's what my family listened to, and Roy Orbison. I think I know he's not country, but like one of the first like things that got into my soul and. I feel like a lot of things have made sense just kind of in preparation for this. Like um, yours truly came out, uh, your, your, your first solo record came out um, while I was working for the Forest Service doing a um, pedestrian survey for archaeology way up in the northeast corner of Washington State. I lived in a bunkhouse and I showed up before everybody else. So I lived there for a couple of weeks by myself um, out in the middle of nowhere on this lake called Sullivan Lake. And uh, I actually brought up a desktop computer, a Yamaha, like CS2X or whatever. It was my first synth and my acoustic guitar. And I basically made an album that luckily isn't anywhere on the internet anymore. Um, that was just the most derivative granddaddy thing. <laughs> I even had a, you know, like a yard sale song that was like in retrospect was clearly like lifting off of, uh, you know, where I'm anymore. Um, so yeah, this is really, really cool. And, uh, I've, I was thinking about, it. I actually kind of like had this moment, this surge of, uh, a little bit of anxiety last night because, you know, I've been listening to your music for, you know, 20 plus years, um, and such an influence. And I was like, you get to have a conversation with Jason tomorrow. Like, that's that's pretty cool and and it kind of like hit me because I usually don't do a whole lot of prep I just like to have conversations um so I was thinking to myself like what over the years is it that I would have wanted to talk to Jason about and it's always been I think the your love of nature obviously you're super into hiking and camping and and the way you have throughout you know all of all of the 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 evocative uh words like in, in in the lyrics i feel like you put you i don't know you like it was it was like things that i felt but couldn't explain but this just weird kind of like you know seeing the refuse of of man man's commodities out in the middle of the forest somewhere and just like that feeling of like just kind of angsty ennui or something i don't know it's it's it I think it was having me like I was occupying like these philosophical uh, mindsets that my 24 year old brain <laughs> probably like couldn't fully <laughs> grasp. So yeah. um, 
I'm, I've been trying to find a way to turn this into a question, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to talk about, like, I think, I think that's, that's what maybe drew me into your stuff so much was, you know, like the, you know, alternative kind of rock feeling of it, indie rock with a little bit of a punk thing going on, but then like, oh my gosh, synthesizers. I thought that was for, you know, techno or whatever. I didn't even know what techno was. And then the melodies and then the way that you, you kind of, uh, I don't know. It's like you do something that feels like older country music, like that I, that I grew up loving and still love. Um, so how did that all, I think, I think the reason why, like, like very early on that, that whole blend of synthesizers and rock music was, it was, it was confirmed to me as being okay and, and totally seamless and nothing to be ashamed of by the fact that like one of, one of the bands I was most earliest influenced by was the cars. And I think it was Mm -hmm. actually probably one of the first albums that I bought with my own money was candy. And, uh, I mean, I know those albums, just like every single note, every riff, Mm -hmm. every word, and just, you know, all the mystique that surrounds those albums. So the whole idea of like, can I blend like, and, and, and not even just like, can I like feed in some synthesizer? It was like pretty much just like the, the guitars, like the synths and the guitars shared equal space. They were, they weren't mm-hmm. like, it wasn't just like an accompaniment. It was just like, it was like, all right, you take it now. All right, you take it now. Guitar, synths, guitar, synths. And, and blended like very clearly and uh, prominently both, both the instruments. <clears throat> so that, that's why the idea of, uh, and then I'm, I, I think it became a little bit, more difficult for me to find um like non non forced or non contrived versions of that later on of just like hard rock with like synthesizers in it unless you're just going down like Mm -hmm. a blatant like prog road you Mm -hmm. know and i wasn't really i can't say that i was drawn to or i was familiar with like a lot of uh prog rock (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Although every now and then, you know, I'd hear something weird, you know, I'd hear like, you know, you know, Todd Rundgren or like, you know, some random Genesis song or, you know, something by Peter Gabriel. It's just, uh, and there was always just like, it was always very reassuring to me or, or I was pleasantly surprised when I heard ethereal elements and like synthesizers blended with, you know, what could be considered rock music. And it sounded not forced. It was just like, mm-hmm. it worked. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night, actually, too. Like, of course, you know, I, I had heard synthesizers in, in rock music before I, I got like, you know, found granddaddy. But at that, at this point when I was finding grand, like, again, I had, I had really, I had one person, I, my, my best friend's older sister is, I, I, I owe her so much because she introduced me to like, you know, early misfits and the descendants. Um, when we were listening to like, unfortunately I was at the prime age for the new metal scene. And, mm-hmm. and that's just what, that's just what I had access to that in country. And so like, 
having that one person, and you mentioned this and that amoeba thing too, like if you have that one friend who can, you know, kind of turn you on to the good stuff, that's um, such a valuable thing to have, you know? We actually, Um, we had a thing, we had a, it was a, um, when I was a freshman in high school, it was, um, God, what the hell was it? It was a, it was a radio show that we were able to pick up on on my friend's boombox. But this radio show came on. I can't remember the name of it, but it came on at midnight on Sunday, Sunday evening, or you know, I guess you know, technically, you know, Monday morning at, at mm-hmm. midnight, and it played for two hours, and it was all it was all punk rock, and it was all obscure like art rock stuff. But so he would set his alarm Sunday, Sunday when he went to bed, set his alarm and then wake up at midnight and hit record <laughs> on his boombox and, and record the radio and go back to yeah. bed. And then Monday we would, we would listen back to this cassette recording and find out about it. And it was probably broadcast because we were like an hour and a half or two hours from uh, San Francisco. So it was probably okay. broadcast from the Bay Area. <clears throat> but something that we barely picked up, and we learn at, learn learn about all kinds of new punk rock bands, and just like weird weird artsy music, and uh, and that I mean that was, you know, that was one of many tactics of of having to, and then once you get once you discover that you kind of get the bug, you're like, oh my god, oh yeah, there's like there's all this music out there that's that is uh that it extends beyond you know just this classic top 40 radio that that mm-hmm. you know, most people have access to in their cars and stuff yeah it's those are so formative like i didn't i didn't know you know again just from this small town didn't you know didn't have like i was the weirdo artsy kid and I was not that, you know, uh, 84 kids in my graduating class. We went from kindergarten through senior year together. Um, so my uncle, my, my dad and his brothers had this friend in high school who remained friends with them through, uh, throughout their lives. And he passed away, unfortunately, um, it's probably like 10 or 12 years ago, but my, my uncle Jay, who was really instrumental in getting me into music and stuff and nature, um, uh, he had had all his his stuff, and he didn't have any anybody to you know. He didn't have any uh, what what do you call it like um, an estate or anything. So he he just ended up with all this. I actually have a bunch of his paintings. He was an amazing artist, um, oh, really? but he also mm-hmm. had this like record player, pretty nice old record player, and um, and a nice receiver. And uh, so I picked out. I saw Brian Eno, Discreet Music, and I was like, I've heard of this Brian Eno, and Discreet Music just kind of cracked my like i feel like granddaddy was the first step into being like oh synthesizers and then i was like oh music can just be sounds it doesn't have to because i was feeling very lost as um as an artist because I, i i started noticing that i was basically just like i couldn't i couldn't express what i wanted to express um and i think i was just you know trying to you know, I was trying to do a, a grant, you know, grant my version of granddaddy and then realized that it was just like a little too close to that. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny how these things happen and they kind of just like spur you on. Um, and 
I was really, you know, as I was getting in, you know, a couple of years into, you know, liking electronic music, getting super into Bandcamp, and just finding a bunch of cool stuff on Bandcamp. I don't know if I saw. I probably just looked looked up Granddaddy or or your name on on Bandcamp and found like um, your your Christmas album, which I have to say, also I just finished uploading my my volume three of what I call my Christ mixtapes. They're just I just do these like Christmas albums every year, yeah. um, and then the uh, that soundtrack you did is it today is gonna what is it? It's something about the day or something. You know what I'm talking uh, about the running <clears throat> movie. Yeah, it was a running film. Uh, um, I just had it. I don't remember uh, the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is your day. Um, yeah, there you go. And, nice one. Yeah, and I, I just love that. And then the uh, the Arthur King record, too. So it was, it was cool, too, when I was in this mode and looking for new Granddaddy records, because uh, this was after the Department of Disappearance, I found this other side of, of what you do that kind of gelled with what I was currently getting into. So I just thought that was a really oh, cool. cool, kind of cool how it worked out that way. That's and I just, nice I love that's, your instrumental stuff a lot. That's good to hear. Cause I, I sometimes I don't even know why I do that stuff. <laughs> so, <I'm glad. laughs> well, I kind of wanted to ask you about it. Like the difference between it, the drive to do it, the, what does it feel different expressively? Uh, I mean, it, as it, expressive it, or, at this point, I, I do have, like, <clears throat> I think I got so accustomed to over the years of, of having so, of having a project either I was in the midst of or that was on the horizon. I just feel weird if there's, like, totally nothing. I mean, I don't feel as weird as I used to. I think that <clears throat> my drive is kind of... I, I just I I get enough enjoyment out of I get a lot of more enjoyment. Um, like I don't record like music isn't a requirement or creating music doesn't it doesn't feed me in this necessary way. It almost like you know not to sound depressing because it's still there. It's just like I just have to. I just have to really be excited about something. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I feel like if I go too long and I'm not doing anything at all, then it feels kind of weird. So even if I'm, even if whatever I'm doing is kind of at this low level <clears throat> and it's, you know, not as super focused or really intense, it's just something I'm just kind of working on. Um, you know, I feel like I'm, I have a toe still in what it is that I do. Um, and, I'll, and I'll record covers every now and then just for the hell of it. But, I mean, it also should be mentioned that, you know, I, I sit around and I, I play the piano like all the time just by myself. Like I'm not mm -hmm. recording anything. I'm Like I still sit down and like just strum the guitar and I have fun. But mostly it's piano. And, and I've, you know, it's my piano is in my bedroom. You know, I just, I walk by and sometimes I can't, I can't resist. I'll just sit down and I'll. I'll play it and I'll just, you know, in between like, you know, waiting for water to boil while I'm making some food and I'll run out and I'll play, you know, play some stuff. <laughs> I just, it's very like well in integrated into my life um, mm -hmm. to where I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm ever totally without music, but um, the need to like 
you know, record something and release it and get some sort of feedback is just not as, not really as, uh, doesn't mean as much to me as it, as it did yeah. at one point. <laughs> right. Well, I was, I was, that's kind of touches on something I wanted to, uh, to ask you about because, you know, I think my, like I always have, you know, some sort of sort, some sort of like big idea that I, that I, and, and they can change within a week, but you know, I, a lot of these big ideas, they may, that they might not come to fruition, but, um, I've learned to like be okay with that and actually use them as more of just like, well, I like doing it, whether it's trying to write a screenplay or, you know, make us like a little short film or making an album or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, as I've gotten older, I used to just, you know, if I have, if I was playing a show that night, it was always just, I, I hope a lot of people show up. And, you know, after a while, you, I just started questioning, like, what is my motive? Like, what, like, I've, I play, I've played to, you know, 20 people who are all really into it, but I was still bummed because there wasn't 200 people there. And now I wish I could go back and be like, 20 people who are really into it is better than a sea of, you know, pe people kind of stand in there. Um, so yeah, the drive, the drive becomes different, but w one thing that I've been very, um, very, uh, thankful for and, and happy about, and it is, is my, my continued, I just, I, I, this is going to sound so pretentious, but I am an artist. Like it's not about, it used to be about, you know, when I was a kid being a rock star, Oddly enough, I never thought about like the money or like being like when I had these visions of being a rock star, it was never because I wanted to be rich or anything. It was mostly just because I wanted to do the thing and I still want to do the thing. And so I feel a lot less pressure to present it to the world or something. And so, yeah, like I used to write lyrics and sing. I've been a singer in a lot of bands and I haven't released anything with vocals on it and like. 12 years but i still love to get my acoustic guitar and sing on the front porch by myself like that brings me great joy you know so yeah it sounds like yeah like i, I guess i'm just kind of paraphrasing what you just said but uh <laughs> um but i well, guess this nice, is the question I mean, like, so, yeah some people yeah. can't you know they, they can't make that disconnect it's like you know, every time you pick up the fucking guitar, it needs to be something that, you know, you're just like, all right, this man, I'm on to something here. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'll still do that. <laughs> like, I'm constantly, you know, taking down ideas onto my phone. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Because I still believe in, you know, if my guard is down and I'm just playing for my own enjoyment, that's usually when the most interesting stuff comes. But I, yes. I know myself well enough to where it's like, you know what, I'm going to record this because there might be a nugget in here. But I'm yeah, not, yeah. That's, that never, it's never like the, the, the sole intent, you know, it's not like, it's like, all right, put the phone here and I'm going to come up with something cool right now. And, and uh, it's, uh, you, you kind of learn over the years to sort of, you know, how to, how to, how to, yeah, you kind of sense these things. <laughs> mm -hmm. And even like, you're just like, man, things are going a certain way in my life right now. I'm like, fuck. And then you say, I'll sit down and start playing something on the piano. And I'm just like, man, this is good. Did this only come around because things are going shitty right now? Totally. Uh, well, yeah. And then you start, <laughs> and then you actually start to predict that. And, and then, uh, 
I mean, and I don't think there's anything wrong. All, all that is, is just, you know, that's the way our brains function. You know, our brains are always in kind of a prediction mode. They're always kind of like, you know, wondering what's, what's going to happen. And, and uh, how does this compare to the last time you were in the situation? It's like, that's just the way that our brains work. So I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with, with uh, utilizing that Intel and uh, absolutely. Yeah. Using it to capture ideas. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, this could be naivete, but you know, I think I'm, I'll be, I'll be 40 in, in February. So, you know, I've spent, I've spent a lot of time, you know, just, um, you know, again, reflecting on motivate, like, what am I after? What am like, what am, why am I doing what I'm doing? And like, what are, what are these expectations that I need to learn how to kind of, you know, temper or, you know, not, not, put too much stock in or something. Um, well, one thing that I, I noticed, yeah. I, I, and this one snuck up on me. <clears throat> I feel like I, and this is only, I mean, you know, everyone has, uh, everyone's made up of different stuff <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, maybe might have their own, you know, varying, uh, sort of internal levels of creative longevity or whatever, but I, but having noticed, you know, um, inventors, creative people, people who have, um, been really successful in their ventures in life, you know, and this can be go to, you know, to even to like, you know, very historically renowned people, um, from, you know, the arts to science to, you know, health and, and uh, any forms of creativity or even just, you know, you know, investors or inventors. It's like, for some reason, it seems like the 30s, <clears throat> the 30s in particular, the mid 30s seem to be like where they were just really just like bulging, really shining the brightest and at their peak. Yeah. And I started to notice something going into my 40s where I just did not have that same level of overall drive and overall enthusiasm where it was a little harder. Like I really, it took me, I really had to kick, make a deliberate attempt to kickstart things to where, you know, before I had, I still had memories of just like, man, I could just sit and work on that thing for like 12 hours straight. And just like <laughs> I was inexhaustible and I couldn't wake up. I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning and just get right back at it again. It's like that kind of started to, uh, sort of just dissipate like and and I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that like I was just like and I was kind of hard on myself I was just like man are you just getting lazy do, do you just not give a shit about stuff anymore like what's happening here and it was also around the time that my my eyes started to go bad and my hearing was getting worse <laughs> and I was just like, man I'm falling <laughs> apart here it's like am I done it's like is this it <laughs> So I don't know. I I think if I was ever put in the position of being able to give, you know, somebody advice, like in uh, in terms of their trajectory, and and especially if their trajectory kind of resembled at all like what mine was, it was just like I I feel like life does kind of happen in chapters, and every now and then one will sneak up on you, and you weren't ready for it, and you'll kind of be yeah. hard on yourself because you aren't performing at the level of 
sort of enthusiasm or 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 intensity that that you were performing performing at the chapter prior to that i mm-hmm. guess um but i do think it comes back around it just takes a you kind of have to be a little bit more aware that that yeah you might not be you know it's just yeah. a, it's it's a natural aging thing <laughs> i i've noticed something um like kind of similar to what you're talking about where uh i i did start to notice you know getting into my you know by the time i was you know probably 35 i had not fully consciously understood this but the seed was definitely germinating that like i i will get these kind of i think all of my great my all of my favorite artistic ideas that i've actually like you know made you know saw through and finished um they were kind of just given to me in a boop like oh i kind of know what i want to do and without thinking of it and i've i've now learned that like you have to take advantage of that when that happens and make time for it um and then also try not to be hard on yourself when it's not happening because anytime i've tried to make a great whatever it's it I usually, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not even that it's not good. It just literally never like gets assembled enough to roll or fly or anything. You know, it's, yeah. it's odd. Isn't that mad, man? It's, <laughs> and, and, yeah, then I'll, then I'll, I'll, and then I'll, I'll listen to or read about all these like very disciplined writers or novelists or, or, you know, creative people. And that uh, it always kind of just like, uh, I always get a little irritated when, when I'll read about the ones who are like, yes, you know, you got to put in the work. And it's like, I'll sit down every day and I'll, no matter what, I write something every single day. And I've, I've never been one of those people ever. Me neither. Like, I've tried. I, I could never, I could never write on the road. I could never, like, I just, like, I have, I have to, and there, are, I, I do believe that there are, that there are, um, you can kind of lay the groundwork sometimes to where uh, you you would encourage things to to come or be. There's ways that you can be more open, and I think I think that is where um, for me it's always been driving, and, and it has been spending time outdoors. Like I get into a rhythm where where um, uh, and even. I mean, to this day, I still I still notice it now, where it's usually when I'm doing really long bike rides, and I get into this kind of moving meditative. I call it dog brain, <clears throat> and it's just like it's this, it's this, uh, it's this. Uh, you're just you're just moving. That's all you're doing. You're not thinking about anything. And like, especially with the dog, you see a dog who's like happy and he's just like plodding along, you know, maybe with his owner or just even on his owner, or whatever. He's got nothing going on in his brain. He's just like, <laughs> he's just he's totally in the moment. He's just he's happy to be doing what he's doing. But even like saying he's happy to be doing what he's doing is just like that's almost too much thought. He's just he's just yeah. he's just going. He's in the zone. And um, and I, I feel like between this this the sort of automatic sort of monotony of really long drives 
and it has to be like open highways and like, you know, not like, you know, battling traffic mm -hmm. and, you know, cars coming in and out of the left, right. It's but uh, that and just sort of going into that dog brain mode is like, that's just kind of like when these little doors start to open up in my, the ones that get closed by having to live in real life and, and just, you know, be distracted all the time just with, you know, dumb decision-making and, you know, fucking all the distortion of, of modern living. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's but, yeah. The, I think, yeah. yeah. And that's why being on tour was always up. just like being on tour was just like a nightmare for me. Cause it was just like, I mean, it, it was a, I, I could like, I honest, I never wrote one fucking like note of music, like probably in 15 years of, of, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I, I understand that that's like travel. pretty grueling day-to-day -day lifestyle too. That's, you know, like you're, yeah, and I you're kind of never any more so than others. I was just like, yeah. I, like I need like a lot of quiet time and I need, I just need to be alone just to kind of figure things out. And it just never happens. It never, mm -hmm. ever happens. And like the more kind of breakneck the the pace gets, it's just, you know, and then it becomes, that's just what you're doing. I'm just trying to keep up. I'm just trying to like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, fulfill my obligations and, and not be a complete dick to, to people around me or yeah. <laughs> which usually just means I become really, I go really, I get really quiet. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Kind of brooding, <laughs> uh -huh. um, you know, until, until it was time to start drinking and then I, then I'd get happy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, that kind of brings up something that I wanted to ask you because something I've noticed about myself as an like as a musician or creative um, is now it could be that I you know I haven't played to like an adoring crowd um, but a handful of times maybe in my life but I have you know it's something that I've just kind of recently figured out is is playing live and performing is is almost my least favorite part of being uh you know creative uh my favorite part of the show is the hang with the other people on the bill or the people who come out to the show i'm a pretty social person but i i find to be honest and this is this makes a lot of people just like they can't believe it other other musicians uh, but my favorite part of the process i think is the mixing process that's where i can kind of get into that dog brain like you'd said like time kind of disappears and I become the task almost. And it's, I don't know what it is. I just, I love that aspect of it. I, uh, uh, that's, yeah, I have parts of that as well, but I, I, I love editing. Like I actually, I really enjoy editing. It fulfills something. I have like a real kind of like detail oriented nerdy part of my, of, I guess when of, I, of, I'm, I'm including editing and like, like, I've got the parts tracked. Now it's time to make them into something like from yeah, that yeah, through yeah. the mixing. That's like my absolute. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And, uh, because at this point it became, it was, it was a lot more fragmented. I think, uh, it, like earlier on, it was just like, now it's, now it's all kind of congealed. Like you're tracking, uh, you're editing, you know, everything is just kind of all happening at once. And I, I do, I do enjoy that excitement because that, for me, it's just, it becomes, it becomes, uh, if I, 
if I assume that I'm onto something, it's like, you know, I love the, um, I love the challenge of, of, of putting that puzzle together. I'm mm-hmm. just like, it, and it becomes a jigsaw puzzle. And mm-hmm. it's just, and, it, mm-hmm. and then the more you work on it, you know, the more, the more you real, the more time you put into it, the more you're just like, man, I got to get this right because I've, <laughs> I've invested right. too much time into this, and mm-hmm. I'm actually starting to like it now. And 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 you're always kind of, you're always being, uh, you're always wondering if it could possibly be a little bit better, and then, but then you're like, no, it's exactly the way it needs to be. And then you add something else. You're like, man, that just made it a little bit better. It's like, wow. What if I had a little bit more something else? And then, yeah, could yeah, it, could it could it be even better? <laughs> <laughs> and so then you've got sixty four tracks, and you're like, I yeah. need to slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that whole issue, but that I mean, that's definitely, I mean, without a doubt, with like one hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, you know, I was learning how to write songs at the same rate and at the same time. Uh, and at the same intensity that I was learning how to record and the, the sort of the, the all in my head and being able to, you know, bring to light these images that I had in my mind, uh, that just was way more fascinating to me. As a matter of fact, I mean, and this isn't saying anything against the band or, or what we had become as a live band, but when we were really, hammering away on tour and just playing shows, you know, every night and just, you know, and, and, you know, and all these different sound systems and venues and stuff. It's like, it was really, really frustrating for me because I was, and the comparison I used to make was it's like, I feel like I'm making a shitty pencil sketch of this already beautiful painting or this Mm -hmm. painting that ended up exactly the way it was supposed to be. And on a nightly basis, I'm just like, you know, I'm drinking a bunch and just like making some shitty sketch of like what I already thought I did a pretty good job uh, making to begin yeah, with. Yeah, um, I could see that. I mean, were you and, uh, were you relying on samplers a lot to to do a lot of the stuff or? Yeah, later on, just just in terms of like hitting certain sounds. Um, yeah, I, like two that come to mind where where I feel like. I've always kind of assumed that the editing mixing part would have been your favorite part just because I feel like I can hear the joy in it. And the, the two moments that really uh, shine for me in that regard, uh, um, now it's on, there's like the, almost like a whip weird synth stabby, like, um, like at the end of the chorus before it goes back into like the, the, wow, I'd have no idea. The, I, I like hope the, you know what I'm talking about. Like those big orchestra hits. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's yeah. always just sounded like a whip to me, and it's always been like forward in the mix enough to where it felt like just gleefully forward in the mix, and that like that, and then the big bells in uh, "Summer's Gone," "Summer It's Gone," oh, like, yeah. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. Yeah. concert like, bells, yeah. Yeah, just like they sound like these bells are the size of a fucking truck or something, you know? And I'm just like, what a cool idea. Like I would never thought of doing that, you know? So like and and that's is is are those the type of things that you're talking about like we could like those are well thought out and well placed and well mixed. 
like those have intention i can tell so are those yeah, are the type I'd, of things that are kind of like i think i i think i'd heard people use concert bells like orchestral concert bells like in like hitting these moments enough to where i was like i eventually want to do that I, I found a i found a suitable enough sample at some point <clears throat> and you know and, a, and the right opportunity to use them. So I was pretty stoked about those. The orchestra hits on Now It's On, though, that was that started off as a complete joke because it was like that was, <laughs> that was at the time I was just like it was almost like kind of bad, kind of like rated G rap rap music was still using yeah. like lots and lots of orchestra hits. And I was like, totally, can I get away yeah. with this? This, uh-huh. sounds so, this sounds so dumb. <laughs> so, but but – but once again, it was like the the challenge of it sounding so ridiculous. I'm sure there's some other elements that are happening at the same time that kind of made it work. But you just have to like tread that fine line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still one of my favorite songs. I remember, I remember laughing know. about it though. It, was, it started off as a joke, and then I was just like, you know what? This is actually hitting pretty good. And I'm yeah, kind of yeah. into this. Now. <laughs> well, so I think another thing I wanted to ask you about is like you're funny. You're you're you are very funny. You have a good comedic oh, sense, I've, and I think I, I at have first, like, I have like a very very healthy sense of humor. It's to a fault. Yeah. Well, I think with the especially with your lyrics, like and the, the you know, like you you write some really sad but beautiful. But you write really sad songs sometimes, and I feel like you always kind of, like you always found a way to l- break that tension, even up through Blue Wave, which I do want to talk about. Um, I feel like you always kind of have a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek nod or breaking of the tension of because you sing about the heavy, real, sad stuff of life, and in a way that a lot of people can relate to it. But I also like. I feel like I don't know. I I, I guess I should just ask. Like, is there a part of you that's like, well, I don't want to like completely bum everybody out. You know, I got to do some like. I got to, I got to add a, a little bit of, and it's there a lot of times subtle, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm definitely the guy that'll find something to joke about at the funeral, you know, just, yeah, just, too. just, just to counter the fact that like everyone is like so distraught and bummed out and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I don't know. I think it is because I'm so sensitive. Like I'm, and I'm very, uh, you know, I'm very, It's a defense mechanism too, you know, it's just I, like, I, I can see that life is fucking sad. You know, life is, mm-hmm. it's, it's the misery and the suffering is never going to end. <laughs> and <laughs> for those people that just like want to pretend like it doesn't exist. And it's like, I mean, good luck. It's, it's all got to come out somewhere, but I, I feel like just like blowing it off in little bits of steam here and there. And, and I think in my, in my case, it's just, you know, just little bits of humor just to help deal with how fucking miserable things can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. It's, and like, it's fuck just, the Valley I mean, fudge is fucking hilarious, but also heartbreaking. You yeah. Know? And it's like, just, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's also just a, it's a reflection of me, of the guy who's writing the song mm-hmm. and that's how I am. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's how it's going to come across. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to sing about the, you know, about the sad shit, but it's just like, I also, 
there are certain albums by certain artists that I just don't want to listen to because they're just bummers. It's too much of a bummer. There's Dude. actually no, there's no humor. It's just all yeah. like, ugh, ugh. and it's like, I got enough of that already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I've been, I've been hoping that there, I could find a way into this exact topic, but you know, um, you know, I make electronic music with modules, you know, and, and I do weird shit like that, but you know, I'm listening in my own time. I'm listening to you, Bill Callahan, Mount Erie, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm, I've always been more like singer songwriter, like still, even though I'm fully in on the electronic thing. And, you know, I've, uh, I have major depressive disorder, you know, from my, as long as I can remember, I think it started around, you know, 10, 10 years old. Um, and there were there were I, I won't I won't name certain bands mostly be, partially because I'm a little embarrassed but also like because I don't want to throw shade but there was one band in particular that I just like I I was like I can't do this anymore because looking back I wonder if they may if if not they they didn't do it to me but my listening to it and I wonder how much I kept myself in this headspace because I was relating to it so much. And yeah, I feel like yeah. the difference with the humor is that's where, cause I think it can be really healthy. I, I get, so this is, sorry, I lost my place, but uh, you know, listening to blue wave over the last you know few days intently with, with uh, headphones and getting that, especially um, on a train or a bus yeah. favorite song on the record. Um, one of my yeah. favorite songs you've written. Um, Thanks, man. and what it does for me, like that it's weird to enjoy a forlorn feeling and you know, it's the, the easy thing that people say a lot is, Oh, because it makes you feel less alone. But I, I, I understand that, but that's not how I feel about it. When I, I just feel like I'm, I'm hearing a representation of what I'm feeling. So like on a train or a bus, like I was listening to that really intently last night, the lyrics. And I think you perfect, like the way that song sounds is how I feel when I'm just kind of lonely, but not like super, super sad, but just kind of lonely, especially like you're, you know, on an all night flight. And then like you get, you get home from the flight and then you got to take a bus or a train. To, so it's just all this time in your head spent alone and Sometimes, you know, like I like to go camping by myself, but inevitably when I'm up there, I do get this kind of like weird feeling of loneliness that I kind of enjoy and have learned to lean into because I'm like, you know, all those times when you're like, I just want to get away. Remember that when yeah. you do just get away, some, you know, sometimes you're like, I just want to be around people again. So it's like a peaks and valleys thing, but uh, yeah. I, I kind of lost the thread of what I'm talking about. Now. It's all right. I like, <laughs> I do. I like being able to make that choice too. I'm just like, you know what? You know, I do. Sorry. I'm moving up. My, my, my computer just told me that it's getting hot and I'm sitting outside. Oh yeah. So I'm moving inside. Now. So I was just meandering on sad songs and, yeah, just I, yeah, I just uh, the uh, on a train or a bus, just like as the kids say, really hit me in the feels. And I like I felt like it, it really that that feeling in your chest that of being moved, you know, and and that strange feeling of enjoying the feeling of 
sadness or forlorn, you know, kind of mindset. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you said that. Cause it's, uh, I feel like, I feel like that one, I can't always predict when they're going to, when they're going to come together. I feel like that, I feel like there's something special happening with that one. And, and, and some of it is due to just, you know, not letting it go until I knew it was done. And some of it is just like a total mystery and I just kind of lucked out. So I feel like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know, like whenever, whenever I've made something that I feel is, you know, something that I would put into the bin of what I'd want, you know, to be representative of my, my body of work or me as a creative, uh, it never, it's never, it's never because I'm trying to make that one. It's just, they just, I follow, I follow, you know, the, the scent of the feeling or the tone or the whatever. And then it just ends up there. Um, but I feel like with that one, there, there's something that I heard that something I noticed last night that I just thought was really clever. And I wonder how much, like how conscious it was, because I I guess it would be, but there's like a foreshadow. There's like a triple thing that happens where the, you know you you your your melodic line builds on itself, like it was for the the chorus. And but the first time you kind of you don't get to the second part of the chorus where um, that's that's the part that really gets me. But there's just this dusty two note guitar thing on the end that kind of caps it off. And then the second time you sing the second part, and then on the third time you sing everything, and then that dusty guitar part also is like a a vocal melody. So it's like this foreshadowing thing yeah. that I just thought was really clever and very effective. Yeah, it was clever. That's me being <laughs> that's that's me being clever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that shit though. I I, mm -hmm. I love that stuff. I love yeah. Yeah, I love making things come together like that, and uh, yeah, and it's yeah, it was uh, that's yeah. I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, I think you, there's glad you tapped, honed in on my cleverness. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think also, the, you know, I, I have you know this this group of friends again, kindergarten through twelfth grade, and we're still really really close and we all loved the same stuff in high school. And then as we all kind of go about our separate ways as adults, we come back to each other and say, you're going to love this, you know? And I started realizing that everything that I was drawn to wasn't for them. They kind of stayed a lot in the metal, you know, they, they weren't, they aren't, I don't want to sound pretentious because it's just different. It's not bad or good. It's just that they were, they were not seekers in the way of like, you know, finding more in music and like you were talking about earlier, just, you know, when you get on the hunt. Um, and I have had, you know, when I was, when I was trying to get friends into granddaddy, like it's all four, four and it's all, you know, like it's, it's simple chords. And it's like, yeah, but like, I think, you know, like how a good writer, like there's that, that sense of economy with words or something, but like when you can take, a quote unquote simple song structure structure, like, you know, with a handful of chords, but then you can add those little twists. That's where, that's where the real 
that's where the the goodness is. That's 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 the business, you know. Um, yeah, well, it's funny because the irony is, is I I love a lot of that music as well. It's like I I love like you know I love super complex like noodly crazy time signature metal. It's like I mm-hmm. I have my own favorites, and it's like I, that music fascinates me, you know, <clears throat> and it's like. I, and, and there's like all kinds of other music that just seems like so out of my, out of my capabilities, like, you know, proficiency wise and, and, and in, in terms of technique and stuff. And so I, I feel like in order for me, it's like, okay, I can't do that stuff, but you know, there's, there's some, there's some stuff I think I can do pretty well. So I'm just trying to make up for the fact that I can't do that shit. So I'm <laughs> coming up, I'm coming up with my own, you know, once again, clever versions. Right. Of, uh, yeah. You know, it may be a little slower and it may be a little subtler and, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are, I just feel like those are the little, those are the adornments. Those are the, the ornaments on the tree, you know, for, for lack of a, or yeah, lack of a non cheesy example. But, um, and yeah, it's playing one- it's playing to your strengths too. It's like Absolutely. You, you love yeah. you love seeing that when you when you watch movies and you just and you start to notice how interconnected these real subtle things, certain things that could have gone unnoticed, and you're like, holy shit, that's like tied into that. And that's mm-hmm. why that happened. Oh my God. There's all this yeah. whole, there's all this stuff going on that 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 if I wasn't paying attention, I would have missed. But luckily mm-hmm. I'm paying attention and it's like I don't know. That's there's that's that's that has its own sort of uh, entertainment value. Definitely, yeah. And so that kind of brings me to a, a specific question I had about um, about Blue Wave because it's 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 a granddaddy waltz album. You know, <laughs> like it's like yeah, new wave like waltz. Seventy percent of the songs are waltzes. Yeah, which I the love. Same, the same amount of songs. Yeah, I'm in the same, almost maybe the same ratio for the amount of songs that have pedal steel on it, which is, there's never been one song throughout the whole catalog of Granddaddy that had uh, one note of pedal steel on it. So I kind of saved it all up for this one album. Yeah. Was that, were you playing pedal steel on that? Oh God, no. I was going to ask. I was going to say, man, that's some good, good shit. (laughs) That's a hard instrument. No, I have no interest in knowing how either. Uh, it's this <laughs> fel- guy by the name of Max Hart okay. um, that I that I got introduced to by my friend Aaron Espinoza here in LA, and uh, he's played with other. He's a producer and and he's a really great piano player and an engineer, and he just also happens to be an amazing pedal steel player. But awesome, we got we we got a day in the studio together and we did a few songs remotely just to kind of see if they would work and then he was actually on tour at the time with Melissa Etheridge and oh, they wow. had a day off in LA and he and he was nice enough to to eat up his day off by spending it in the studio with me and we we did most of the songs um actually he kind of he had rehearsed prior to that, but he, we ran through all kinds of ideas for each song, and then uh, most of them knocked most of them out, and then I took them home and 
you know, spent like the next week or so kind of editing things and making it nice. uh, make sense. But um, yeah. I think it was crucial for him and I to be in the same room together because he that did a really sense. good job at, at, uh, at, you know, we had nice discussions before each song. And then there's a lot, of, a lot of the interplay made a lot more sense rather than someone who was just like, rawr, 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 just kind of mm-hmm. throwing it all over the place and making it like an editing nightmare. It was actually easy, easy to piece together. Well, the first thing I noticed about it when I, you know, I started just hearing pedal steel come up more and more on it was that this was somebody who's very proficient at it. And, um, you know, because I think a, a lap steel can get thrown right off on, the bat. You should you should have you known right off the bat it wasn't me. <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, did Jason like just you know like hole up in a bedroom for for summer and just practice pedal pedal steel or something? Um, oh God, uh, that's like saying did Jason just decide to become a uh, a computer mechanic? <laughs> uh, that's um, crazy. So I've. I've well, uh, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. We're almost up here at an hour, but I wanted to make sure we did get some blue wave conversation. And, and um, yeah, I've, I, I was going to ask a question, but I'm going to give you a takeaway and you can speak to that and say accurate, not accurate, whatever. Um, I felt like, especially again, not to just harp on the one song um, because I, they're, there have been a few songs that have been creeping up and, and threatening to take over as favorites. Uh, but um, I feel like you really captured something that I love from, from the best of the older, not older, but you know, but the best of the 60s, 70s kind of era country that led to the, the jokes of my, you know, my dog, my cat, my dog and my wife left me, you know, like how everything's so sad, but like Marty Robbins, you gave me a mountain. George Jones, he stopped loving her today. And like, if I could only fly by Merle Haggard or like, these are these three songs that they, there's an economy of words there and a simplicity of phrasing that is incredibly effective and is in broad enough strokes to where it could apply to multiple situations. But all of these situations are still evocative of, of heartache and I was kind of, I feel like this album is almost like keeping up with that tradition because country music is not what it, I mean, we all know what happened to that. And then we have like emo and everything. And I feel like with the indie emo thing over the last 20 years or so, 20, 30 years, got hyper specific and um, to like somebody's own experience. And I think you've even had that a lot in Granddaddy. Um, but this one feels broader strokes. And then to put a cap on this, I feel like the, the mixing, especially the mixing um, of your vocals and your, just your arrangements for harmonies and the delivery of everything, and then the overall production, it feels like I get a sense that you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you were to say like, yeah, everybody, I like my other stuff, but this, I feel like I've, I feel like I've, figured out how to put all of this stuff together in the in in the best way for me or something i, I don't know i feel like i don't want to say mature I'm, I'm grasping for a word here but it, it really feels like a a well honed craft like it feels kind of like a piece that is that to me i don't know well i mean it's 
That's a lot of information I just threw at you. No, too. no, it's it's <laughs> nice to hear that. It's nice to hear that you tapped into that because I I had I had a few guidelines. I had a few. Like I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I kind of didn't know what I was getting into. But when I when I embarked on starting to work on the record, but I, I would I would give myself little, you know, little. Uh, I had certain parameters that I was that I was working within, and and I was you know giving myself little tips, and I was like, I kept telling myself to keep it soft and keep it sweet. Um. And it was just like, and there was a big emphasis on simplicity. And I do think I'm glad you mentioned the country music thing because, like, to be honest, it's like I have a few like newer, more modern things that I that I listen to, and and I'm not averse to kind of keeping my ears open for stuff. Um, but I mostly listen to old country music, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah, I get it. And it's it's usually just because. You know, it's me asking myself. You know, like most of us, it's like, all right, what am I in the mood? What am I in the mood to listen to? And it just always ends up being older country music. And specifically, it's like in, in my truck, I have Sirius, Sirius XM. And there's a station on there. It's Willie's Roadhouse, and it's all curated uh, with older country music. You know, most of the people that, you know, Willie looked up to, but I think there's other people probably assembling the stuff. And it's a, yeah, like you said, you know, it's like, you know, it's, you know, George Jones, Merle Haggard, you know, Roger Miller. Uh, it's like any number. It's like, Huck Owens. And it's all like the high quality, just like older country music. And it's just like that, something about that genre of music. And something about the honesty of it. And these guys were just like singing their lives. And there was no doubt whatsoever that what you were getting was 100% honesty. Mm-hmm. And it was usually presented in a, in a, in a kind of like a, just a, a simplistic, uh, sweet, but funny but entertaining and also not trying to like razzle dazzle anyone with like overly complicated arrangements. Um, and there was obviously depending on what, what, uh, what phase we're talking about, you know, in terms of orchestration and, and, and all that, you know, it, it did vary uh, in terms of, you know, more raw or like more orchestrated or whatever, but it was just like, I never have to doubt, like the legitimacy of what I'm Uh hearing when I listen to that music. And there's not, there's not a lot of genres. There's not a lot of music that I can find that in today. And, and that's not to say that it doesn't exist, but it's also, you know, and I might be a little biased. It's like, I don't want to listen to the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of some 19 year old. Like I want yeah. somebody who's lived, <laughs> who's lived a fucking hard life. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and has come out, has come out the other end to like talk about it and to present uh-huh. it in a way where it's just like, yes, man, this is, and, and do it in a, in a real simple kind of poignant way. It's just like, you know, it's, uh, that's, 
that's what I'm really appreciating a lot these days. And I was trying to, I was trying to incorporate that as much as I could. And, and it's, which is funny because I, after having to write down all the lyrics, like, you know, we were doing the artwork for the album and and all the lyrics are going to be on the, you know, on the, on the artwork. And I was writing them down and I was just, there aren't a lot of words in like a lot of the songs. There's not, mm. there's not like, it's not yeah. super wordy. It's like, it's kind of, yeah. Economical, as you said. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so succinct. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was by design uh, for sure. Um, but it's also, you don't, you know, you don't want it to be too like underwhelming or just kind of like devoid of, you know, detail or color. But I was just like, I also, you know, I didn't want to like, just, you know, just clutter it up with a bunch of unnecessary, you know, words. Yeah. No, I think I, it's, um, it, it, cause you know, I was thinking like that, that type of thing, like, you know, I didn't realize it until just, you know, last couple of years, but like Merle Haggard is an excellent lyricist. I always kind of like veered oh away gosh. from from the um like outlaw country guys because i just thought it was kind of i was just the people who liked that stuff in my hometown were i i, I didn't give it a fair shake because it had this association and but, he just um, he had his own, he had his own slant on it too it's like for sure that, yeah that, that was that was merle singing it's like it's like merle singing like and he's singing it in, in his own way even down to his tone it just sounds like it's, it sounds like he's from Bakersfield, California. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, if, if I could only fly like that song, just, Oh my yeah. God, that, that really gets me. Have you listened to the Bonnie Prince Billy album where he just did Merle Haggard songs? Uh-uh. It's pretty good. Um, really? yeah, I, I, I haven't like, I need, I haven't really dove too much in, into Bonnie Prince Billy's whole catalog, but that, that record really, it feels like that kind of era of country that I really like. And I feel like it was a good service to the songs. Um, oh, and then, dear. yeah. And I think, you know, I've, what's really cool to me about what, with what we're talking about as far as blue wave goes is the only other place that I have been getting that kind of, you know, itch scratched outside of, you know, the older country stuff is, you know, Bill Callahan's last, you know, handful of records. Um, I'm actually yeah, going to see him I- on Sunday. Anytime I hear anything by him, I, I really like it. I haven't, I haven't taken the deep dive. I think you would re- just, yeah, knowing what what you like. That's, and about I'm just, I'm, I'm, and- I'm, a, I'm appreciating lyrics like a lot. It's like, I just, I feel like he's he's a really good lyricist, right? He's, I, <laughs> or, he's, or, I he's, know, good is like very subjective, but like, I, I feel like a, I put him up there with like Leonard Cohen. Like, like a craftsman and like, like when, when I can come remarkable. across somebody like lyrically who falls into the core category of craftsman. Like I, I had, I have two modern people that, that I really looked up to uh, lyrics wise. And one of them was, you know, David Berman, which obviously, yeah. unfortunately, uh, there's a song uh, about then, him uh, on his ra- latest record, actually. Last one at oh, the party. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm going to write that down. Um, but you know who else? And they just came out with a new record. Is uh, Rennie Sparks from the Handsome Family. Are you familiar with the Handsome uh, no. Family? No. No, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> no. 
Because I'm always it's on so the hunt good. for lyricists. Like lyrics are no, like she's number like, one she's, for me. She's dude. one of my she's one of my favorite lyricists. It's really kind of really f- funny and a lot of nature, but it's also dark. And the, but they're they're a husband and wife duo. Um, what they, what they are they called again? The Handsome Family. Handsome. I've heard of that. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. But they just they just made a new record too, but they've made a handful of really good records. I think um the the Bill Bill Callahan record, um, Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest, uh that one's pretty awesome lyric wise because it's kinda like deals with the birth of his son and the death of his mom kind of all in one. And he he sings about like the the heavy but he it's always it's always lined with like the beauty you can take out of it but without any sort of hallmark cheesiness like yeah i he he can move me to tears like um yeah i i think you, i think you would get a lot out of his lyrics and he's so slow and deliberate that again people are like this is so boring and i'm like oh but if you just got into <laughs> it you would know um, yeah also john k sampson do you know the band the weaker thans um, they're like a Canadian band. They're, um, they're on like Epitaph and stuff, but they're not like that kind of punk. They're, they're kind of like, yeah, an indie Canadian band. But I, I think his lyrics. Are, so yeah, it's always been like you and and John K were huge huge influences for me. Um, but yeah, now I'm just now I'm just rambling, and you got to go. You've got stuff to do. But I like to give everybody the last few minutes of the show to. Scream whatever they'd like from the modular mountaintops, even though we didn't talk about modular at all. Uh, uh, so what? Leave me scream what? Whatever you want from the modular mountaintops, whatever that means to you. <laughs> modular mountaintops. Uh, uh, I'm actually pretty quiet when I'm playing. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be doing any screaming love when at all. Everyone, everybody <laughs> takes it different, and sometimes people just really put a smile on my face. With I don't, answer. I don't want anyone to know I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, I really, really appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. Um, love the new record. And thanks, Tim. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming to Podular Modcast. Thanks again to Jason for coming on the show. Definitely a highlight of the PodMod experience for me personally. Uh, Maybe the highlight, I don't know. I don't like to rank things too much, but yeah. Um, So yeah, thank you again, Jason. And uh, thank you to all the sponsors, Forum Mess, Hatchworks, Innovation, and After Later Audio. And don't forget to send me your holiday submissions for the holiday episode of PodMod next week. Wave files preferred. So I've had this idea for a couple years of recording covers of songs, you know, that I really like, obviously, but also ones that are kind of close to what I aspire to make with combining guitar and drums and modular and everything. And other than a few covers for my wife that I record, uh, you know, every year for either a birthday or Christmas, I haven't really done much of it. So I thought I would do a cover of one of my favorite granddaddy songs and then cut together a little video um, mostly just as a thank you to Jason. Um, and then of course, you know, to get practice with, you know, mixing way bigger arrangements, multiple instruments, and then cutting a video to it. 
so I did that. The song is called Where I'm Anymore. Jason did not ask me to do this. I, I did it and then surprised him with it. So this is not going to be released or anything. So it's just going to be right here at the end of the episode. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. So we're going to end the show on that. This week's secret word is Jed, J-E-D. For those who know, know. Until next week. Baby stuff there beyond the door Shots happen